Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. Now, lead magnets have been part of our marketing vernacular for years now. You know, you offer a thing of value and people give you their email address and permission for you to email them. But is there any money to be made from writing these kind of pieces? Shortcut, absolutely, to share how copywriters can land some really high-paying ebook projects. Today, I'm going to be talking to Steve Sloan-White. My name is Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters, and that's where you can find heaps of great content and courses and everything on copywriting. I usually have Kate Toon with me today, but she's not with me. Time zones can be tricky, but I do have someone else. I have a guest. Hello, Steve. Hello, Belinda. It's really great to have you on the show. Now, you have a long history as a copywriter. I mentioned when we were just chatting that I've been following you for a long time. You've got copywriting awards, you have courses, you've taught at the University of Toronto, you've written books. The list goes on. I wonder if you could introduce yourself to um, our listeners. Tell us what you do, who you serve, and why your clients love you. Yeah, I've done all that because I'm just a fast typist. But uh, basically, I do two things. I uh, teach copywriting for clients, and I also do copywriting for clients. So uh, clients will uh, contact me when they need. Uh, I usually I specialize mainly in uh, persuasive copywriting for websites and sales pages and ads and things of that nature, and all the support materials that go with it, like ebooks, bait pieces. We're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of projects I work on with clients as a copywriter, but I also go into companies and teach their teams, teach their marketing teams uh, copywriting as well. That's awesome. Um, that's one of the points we've connected on being an educator of copywriting. It, that's right. We both teach copywriting. Yeah. So I want to quickly, before we dig into these kind of eBooks and as you just mentioned, bait pieces, which I love the name of that, I want to quickly make sure we all know what we're talking about. What does the idea of an eBook cover? Yeah, it's a pretty broad term, but I remember when I started copywriting uh, back in the 1990s, uh, just when the internet was getting started, uh, a lot of companies offered a free guide. So they'd have a free guide to this or a free guide to that. And they'd use, and it was a physical piece, a printed piece, and they'd use it as a free giveaway to help generate leads and interest in their products and services. Now it's evolved, we're on the internet, and it's ebooks. Ebooks have kind of replaced that. So that's what an ebook is. It's it's uh, it's a very broad term that covers any kind of content giveaway that's multiple pages, and uh, has a cover, and it's used by companies to you know to generate interest in their products and services. And you also call them bait pieces. Now that seems fairly self-explanatory. Now, I, I, as an aside here, I I really hate some of the terms that we use in marketing, like traffic, who wants to be traffic or conversion, who wants to be converted, you know, or bait pieces, what kind of derogatory terms we use in marketing. But what a bait piece really is, is offering something of value to get people interested in learning more about your business, about your product or service. And like, you know, in, in a retail store, for example, they would offer a sale to get people interested in their store, like 20% off or 50% off sale. And many other types of businesses, they offer some sort of free content. And and an ebook is a very popular type of free content that companies offer to 
get people to notice them, get people interested in their products and services. Mm. And I mean, we obviously know there are tons of different types of lead magnets. There is eBooks and infographics and checklists and stuff like that. But when we're talking about the content rich stuff, eBooks, white papers, reports, are eBooks really different to those other types of things? Well, the terms are are, are used uh, interchangeably almost. I, I've seen ebooks called white papers, white papers referred to as ebooks, and there's still free reports around, free guides around, things of that <laughs> nature. But um, there is a difference uh, it, between a white paper and an ebook. Um, a white paper is more of a of a why to document. It's why you should use this technology to in your business to solve a problem or achieve a goal or why you should use this methodology. You know, it's a why to kind of document, much more detailed, much more uh, designed to sell you on the technology or sell you on the idea. That's a white mm. paper. Um, they tend to be harder to write for that reason. To give you an example, I, I, I do a lot of work for sales training companies. And many, many years ago, social selling was was just emerging and salespeople didn't even know what social selling was right they're used to cold calls and things like that so mm. uh, a company i worked for uh created a white paper all about social selling it was something new you know this new thing that they wanted to convince people to try uh now social selling is is, is all the rage a ebook is more of a how-to document it's, it uses existing knowledge, but it's clearly how to do something. Uh, I, I wrote one recently for a company, uh, a real estate company, on, on how how first-time home buyers can buy a, their first home in a hot market, where they where it's competitive, where the prices are are up there, uh, where there's competing offers. So that's it's, it's not really new information, but it's information packaged in a way in an ebook format that's really helpful to them. That's more of a of an ebook in my mind. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I noticed, you know, we tend to use, I have a technology background many years ago, and I feel like white papers are very common in technology companies. Yes, because technology companies are always creating new things. And white papers yeah. are often about a new thing, a new technology or a new idea or a new solution. It's always about new things. Ebooks are wide open. They can be about a wide range of topics, not necessarily something new and innovative. Mm, I like that difference between a why and a how, mm -hmm. which is, does an ebook suit uh, any particular type of business? Uh, yes, as it, to it tends to suit businesses uh, that primarily are selling their expertise. Mm -hmm. So consulting firms love ebooks. Um, you know, training firms use ebooks a lot. A lot of professional service businesses and companies use ebooks as, as well to generate leads. So if, if a company is primarily selling their knowledge, their expertise, they want to be seen as experts, then they love this the content rich ebook. Because not only does it help them generate leads, because they can use it as a free offer in their marketing campaigns, a free offer on their website, but it also positions them as experts, right? Because they yeah. uh, they write an ebook and they say, look at us, we're really smart. Look, we wrote this ebook. But they're not the only companies. I, I wrote an ebook a few years ago for a sink manufacturer, like kitchen sink manufacturer. And the ebook was targeting contractors, 
okay, and how, how to sell more high-end kitchens, <laughs> okay? So, right. you know, you see there, it's not, they're not really want to be seen as expertise. They want to sell sinks, but that ebook still helped them generate a lot of leads from new contractors and uh, got them interested in their sinks. Yeah, so I guess what we're talking about here is if you can, if you can zero in on the right audience and offer them something of value, you're really starting the lead generation process. That, this is the, the first thing. That's right. And if you want to be thinking about as a writer, you want to be thinking about what kind of company should I target with eBooks and bait PC books. Um, just look at any company that's, that needs to generate leads. If they're, if they're getting the sale directly, if they're selling directly off their website and that, usually they may, they may not be a good prospect for you. But if, they're, if, if they have a multi-step uh, selling process, people uh, sign up for their newsletter, they get to know them better, it's a longer process to the sale, mm -hmm. a longer uh, sales cycle, the chances are uh, they may be interested in eBooks. And I love the fact that things like this come with so many great upsells because once you have a lead magnet, then you need a thank you page and a welcome email and a nurturing sequence and then oh, closing sequence. Oh, yeah. We haven't even talked about all the spinoff projects you can get. Like when you're talking to a, um, a potential client about an ebook, always uh, introduce into that conversation with your, with your client, you know, the idea that, hey, you're going to need follow-up emails. When people download, request and download the ebook, you want to send the follow-up emails to follow up on that lead. There's a landing yeah. page copy, as you say, uh, and there may be other, like could be a Facebook post and ads. There could be other marketing pieces around that ebook as part of the campaign that you could write. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to dig into creation, like the process, because I know you've got a really solid process for writing eBooks. But firstly, I mean, this is a how long is a piece of string kind of question, but how much can this kind of work pay for copywriters? Well, how long is a piece of string? Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> a ebook is similar when it comes to pricing, it's similar to pricing a website. It's like asking how much does it cost? How much should you charge to write a website? Well, you can immediately mm -hmm. ask, how many pages, <laughs> how yes. complex the material, and do they need kind of creative branding messaging developed? And you have all kinds of questions. It's very similar with an ebook um, in, in that you need to have a conversation with the client as to what kind of ebook. I, I know someone uh, who wrote an ebook, but it ended up being a 90 page ebook. That is very unusual. <laughs> Wow. Uh, but she had a conversation with the client. And they decided it needs to be a very substantial ebook. It's really a book book um, with multiple chapters and things like that. It's very unusual, but you got to have the conversation with the client to get a sense of the scope and, and how much work you need to do to kind of get all the facts in order to, to write the thing. But I'll give you some specific numbers because I'm just not going to wimp out on you here. Um, no, I usually you can start too. for a very basic ebook. Uh, you could start at the very, very, very minimum fifteen hundred dollars, and yeah. you should be go. You should be thinking there and up. So uh, some ebooks you can get thirty five, four thousand dollars, and I've written ebooks where I've charged as high as fifty five hundred. Nice. Now, if you get into a white paper, which is kind of very, you know, there's some similarities between ebooks and white papers, as I talked about, they, they overlapped a little bit. Um, something more technical on that, you can actually go even higher because it's just more work to, to write one of them. But you're, start, you're starting at minimum $1,500 and you want to move up from there fairly quickly. 
And I guess it's all about matching the right length and structure to what the client needs and their objectives, right? Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. Like uh, one of the uh, questions you should ask when you're discussing this with a client is what, what, do you, what do you want to use the ebook for? What are you hoping to achieve with the ebook? You know, and if they say something like, well, I heard we need one, so we're just going to get one done. And, you know, it may not be that important to them. But if they say, oh, we want to generate more leads from our website. We want to get more yeah. signups for our newsletter and blogs. We want to have a free offer. We want to do a whole campaign to generate leads and use this ebook as the front piece, the free offer to do that. Then it's a really important piece for them, right? Yeah. Then they're going to place a lot of value on getting that ebook done really, really well. So, um, you know, you can charge accordingly then. Mm. Let's dig into your creation process. Um, I feel like nailing down the topic is is the, the one of the most important things but can you step us through your process for the ebooks well the you know once i get the gig yeah the the very first conversation i have with the client well we we'll, we schedule a meeting just like you and i are having kind of a meeting now we're using zoom mm. for a meeting for this podcast interview but you have a meeting like this with your client uh, to uh, get into the details of the project and one of the things you want to talk about in that meeting is the topic. Now the client usually has some idea of the topic, which is great, but you wanna narrow that down to a very specific topic. And once you have the topic nailed down, then the rest of the conversation seems to unfold uh, fairly easily. You, you know what questions to ask the client because you wanna gather information for the ebook, so you wanna interview your client. Get the, you know, uh, try to dig for the facts as much as you can. Get as much information from the client as possible. The client may have some other materials they can send you, some PowerPoint slides on the topic, things of that nature. You may have to do some additional research on your own. Okay, so you want to find that out during that meeting, how much that uh, additional inf uh, research you need to do. And that's really the first conversation with the client, just information gathering. Once you've nailed down the topic, then, you know, what I do is I go off and from there, I, uh, I, I start writing the ebook. But because an ebook is a longer piece, you know, you don't want the nightmare scenario of writing a 10-page ebook, submitting it to the client, and the client go, going, whoa, that's not what I wanted. That's way off target, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, that's a Wrong nightmare voice. So what I do is I, I, I do two things. I... I, I submit a, uh, what I call a uh, rough sketch outline. Now, I don't really like rigid outlines. I don't even like using the word outline. I think it stifles yeah. your creativity as you're writing. But what I, ca I call it a rough sketch outline because it's simply a series of bullet points as to what I'm going to cover in the ebook. Here's what I'm going to cover content-wise. And it doesn't have to be perfect, just a general idea of what I'm going to cover in, in the ebook, and I list that in bullet points. And then what I also do is I write about a half a page, usually the beginning, the first couple of paragraphs, uh, the, the, you know, that acts as kind of a summary for the ebook. And I'll include that as well, and I'll send that to the client for review. That way, first of all, the client gets a sense of, of what they're going to get. But also, if there's any problems with the content of the ebook, I'd rather know then than later, you know, then the client can come back to me and go, no, 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 that's not quite right. And we can go do some back and forth. And then we're on the same page. And then I can write the 10 page ebook with confidence, knowing that the client and I are on the same page. 
Yeah. And like that, that kind of introductory um, copy works well to get, make sure the tone of voice is right. That's right. Cause I, I want it. I want the client to get a sense of my writing style, the voice of the piece, what it's going to sound like, you know, I want the client to know that uh, before I start writing. And how much do you find, how does the revision process play out? Well, I, I, about 80% of the time I get little or no revision request, <laughs> but, but I've been doing this for awesome. a long time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting better and better at nailing it the first time. In fact, my goal when I write a draft is I never, I never think of it as a rough draft or a working draft. I, I write it until I'm so pleased with it that my, uh, my head's about to pop because I'm just, so, I just, I'm just in love with my own work type of thing. <laughs> and, and I love it so much that I, I, I can't wait for the client to read it. I mean, I want it to be that good. Yeah. And uh, so when I send the client the copy, uh, it's as clean and as good as I can possibly get it. And I, f- I find by taking that approach, I'm rewarded in very few, if any, revision requests. But if a client yeah. does have a revision request, I'll discuss it with the client. We'll discuss what changes he or she wants made, and I'll make those changes. It's one thing Kate and I often talk about. We're big fans of having a really strong process, and we always say, like, the better the brief you get, the better chance you'll have of writing that great first draft. And Kate, as part of her process for her copywriting, she sends um, a skeleton draft, much like your outline, and that reduces the chance of things going off track as well. So I guess, you know, the lesson there is the more work you do up front to make sure you're on the right track and delivering what the client wants, the better or the faster that revision process will be. Yeah, she calls it a skeleton draft. I call it a rough sketch outline because I I, I paint as a hobby so I can, the analogy of a rough sketch means something to me. Yeah, Um, fair enough. But I do that for websites for, you know, unless it's like a a short email piece or a a little ad or something, I'll always uh, take that step with the client. That's awesome. And one of the things um, we have talked about recently is revisions. And we've talked about how ready we get our first draft. And one of the things I do is very similar. I like to make sure the first draft is good enough that if the client comes back and says, approved, then I'm not left going, hang on, I haven't done the editing, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I know some other copywriters who will send what they call a working draft and they'll almost send an ap- apologetic email to the client saying, yeah, keep in mind, this is just a working draft for you and I to discuss. And I, I find that doesn't work for me. I want to send a, a, a draft that I think is good to go. Mm. And one of the things that often comes up on this podcast, which is something that we love about it, is that there's no one right way to approach this kind of thing. Of course. I think as long as you're communicating with your clients and you're managing their expectations, then you've got to come up with a process that works for you. Yeah. And that's the important lesson here is to have a process. Uh, a, a A lot of writers don't have a process that works for you. Oh, that's that's a horrifying idea for me as someone who likes routine and structure and things written down the idea of winging it is not does not make me happy <laughs> so what makes for a good topic for an ebook well a good topic for ebook has to satisfy two criteria uh, it needs the the topic needs to be of high interest to the target audience 
Mm-hmm. The topic needs to be such where they are so interested. As soon as they see the, the title, they're so interested, they're willing to stop what they're doing, click on a link or fill out a form and become a lead for that company and then download that, that ebook. So it has to be a very enticing topic, a high interest topic, not just an interesting topic, a high interest topic. You know, I mentioned the topic before uh, uh, a couple years ago on writing a, an ebook for uh, first-time home buyers trying to buy in a in a, a hot market. You know, that's very high interest if you're a first-time home buyer, right? So a high mm-hmm. interest topic. The second criteria is that it has to be aligned with what the company does. <laughs> it has to position them as the go-to providers of the solution discussed in the ebook. Right. So it's no good writing an ebook on how to get cheap vacations in the Bahamas. For example, if you're an insurance company, you'll just get people who are interested in cheap vacations, not interested in insurance. But if you could have an ebook on how to protect yourself from high medical costs while traveling overseas, that's aligned with insurance, high interest yeah. topic. You know, um, so you got to think that, that it has to meet those two criteria. When I'm brainstorming with a client about a topic, I tell them that up front. I said, let's brainstorm some ideas. Keep in mind that it has to be high interest. And it has to, has to, and the, when you get to the end of the ebook, the solution has to point directly to you. It has to be aligned with what you do. And so when you're in that brainstorming mode with a client and say they come to the, that session, they say, yeah, we want an ebook. Um, but we don't really have an idea of topic. What would you dig into? Yeah, well, so usually they do have an idea for a topic, um, but it's either a very general idea, so it's 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 kind of done to death, so it's not very specific and narrowly focused, yeah. or it's on a topic where they here's something I hear from clients all the time: our audience needs to know this, so we want to write an ebook because they really need to know this. My first question after that is, but do they want to know it? Because yeah. if, if you know, if I need to know something. You know, uh, I may not be interested. If I want to know it, then I'm going to be interested. So I sometimes have to change the client's mind. If they have no idea for a topic, one of the questions I'll ask is, is if they have a blog, is what are your most popular blog articles? You know, look at the analytics. You know, which blog has gotten the most uh, comments, the most shares, the most reads, most, most page views? Because the blog can be a... Uh, uh, a great source of ideas for topics. If you have a, if there's a trend where uh, you get a lot of page views for certain types of blog topics, that's screaming to be a, an ebook. Yeah, absolutely. Would you mean taking the blog posts or just noticing that? Oh, it's the um, it's the very tactical how-to content that gets the most, or it's content on this particular pain point that gets yeah, the most. Yeah, yeah, topic on this particular pain point, or the topic of the blog post, or something like that. And you you could use those blog posts as a source of information for um, the ebook as well. You could adapt some of those blog posts. And is there a, a common structure for an ebook? That you follow? Well, ebooks are uh, another difference between ebooks and white papers. So white papers tend to have a very set structure. Ebooks tend to be uh, a little more uh, rebellious in their in their formats. They can be a variety of formats, but the most common formats is either a um, you know the, the portrait style, eight and a half by eleven, or the landscape style as well for ebooks. Usually, they have a cover. Usually they're about eight, nine pages, but that can vary. I've seen them longer. Mm-hmm. I've seen them 
shorter. And often they're very visual. Uh, ebooks tend to have a lot more visuals. So part of the I, um, job of a writer when you're writing an ebook is to actually recommend visuals. To give you an example, I wrote an ebook last year where you know some information was uh, there was quite a bit of data. So I recommended that that data be organized in a type of infographic to be put on the page. And the company's mm -hmm. graphic designer created an infographic out of that. You know, so that became a part of the ebook page. So recommending visuals as well is important. And what about a, a pitch page, I guess, call to action at the end? Yeah, that's another conversation you can have your, with your client because some clients don't like them, but I always recommend you have what I call a pitch page. That's the last page in your ebook. And keep and remember, uh, you know, the the reader has read through or scanned through some really good content, hopefully, really helpful, valuable content. So I often tell the client, now you have the right on your last page to do a bit of a pitch. Uh, yeah. and, and send them to a product page or maybe to a special offer or at least to your website. But do something to motivate and invite the reader to take the next step, whatever that next step is. Yeah, I think, I mean, us as business owners, but also the clients we're talking to, we can all get a little shy around the call to action. And I think, you know, I love content marketing. I love the, the long runway of building value, but in a, in a certain respect, it's also putting off actually asking for the sale. So I think it's, I think having a call to action, a strong call to action in a lead magnet is essential. Oh yeah. When I write blogs for companies, I also, even though it could be a, just a, uh, just an article style blog with some helpful information, I always put at least a soft call to action because I tell clients, you, you want it, you know, you got to the end of the content, in this case, an ebook. You the if the prospect is interested in the solution that you've talked about in the ebook, they want to know what what to do next. You know what what what, the, what should they do next? Learn about your product. Learn about your service. Learn about your special offer. Send them there. Yeah, absolutely. And what about? Let's talk. Dig into a bit more. I mean, do you talk to clients about how then they can generate business from the ebook, or does it? We talked a little bit in the beginning about the potential upsells. How involved do you get in that further copywriting? I get as involved as I'm, I, I'm able to because I like being involved in the strategy side. So uh, I often inform clients when I first take them on, I'll say, listen, I, I've worked with a lot of other companies. So I have, um, I have the advantage of seeing what works and what doesn't work and what strategies are working at other companies. So feel free to pick my brain. Uh, I can contribute a lot of ideas and advice on how to use an ebook, for example, to generate more leads than maybe your your existing plan uh, suggests. So I, I and and they often take advantage of that. So I'll I'll uh, talk about uh, how to generate leads uh, more leads by using uh, the ebook on social media, on how to connect with the newsletter, uh, how to you know just different different tactics and strategies. Um, I don't. I never offer a full marketing consultancy thing, but it's a it's a big value add of working with me. Yeah, and I think for copywriters looking at developing, uh, writing eBooks, or even developing other types of lead magnets, if you can show knowledge of the wider process and requirements around that one deliverable, then you position yourself as a more valuable resource and potentially convert into more work. 
Oh, yeah. And just to simplify even more what you just said, uh, Belinda, uh, the more you can point, uh, more you can connect the dots from what you do to sales. Yes. You know, let's face it. Companies want to sell stuff. Okay. So the more you connect what you do to sales, the more valuable you'll be seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about SEO? Where does SEO come into all of this? Well, it doesn't play that major of a role in the uh, ebook itself. I might get some arguments there from some SEO experts. Uh, it depends where the ebook lives. It, it could it could exist on the client's website, uh, and as long as there's not a firewall to it, um, it you know the uh, SEO bots from Google may may check it out. Yeah. But usually it's not a big deal with the, with the ebook itself. Where it becomes a big deal is I always advise clients, you know, once you've invested in an ebook, you know, leverage it by pulling out parts of it and put it into a SlideShare, you know, on, on LinkedIn or pull out yeah. parts of it and make it into blog posts. And, of course, in blog writing, SEO is extremely important. So you want to, yes. want to look at those and make sure that all the long tail, short tail, primary keywords are integrated properly and things of that nature. So uh, from the derivative stuff that you may write from an ebook, yes, it's important. From the ebook itself, I, I don't concern myself too much when I'm when I'm writing it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like a, an ebook is should be more focusing on sparking that relationship that can then blossom over nurturing activities. You're absolutely right. So for copywriters looking to offer this kind of thing as a service, I like to dig into kind of how you structure it. So you've talked about the the session you have once you've got the gig um, and that's really kind of getting the brief, getting all the information, digging in to the topic. But what information do you need before quoting? Because that feels... This is a chicken and egg. How long is it? Well, we don't really know until we have the brief. Yeah, that's actually a, a tricky part is when you have that initial conversation with a client about an ebook and you know and and that initial conversation may turn into a a a larger meeting about the ebook. <laughs> like you may start doing brainstorming yeah. work with the client in that conversation. So what I usually do is I uh when I have my initial conversation with a with a client or prospect before they've hired me for the ebook. Uh, what I'll what I'll position that as is a discovery call, and I'll say, mm-hmm. let's see if we can work together on creating an ebook, and uh, you know we'll just have a conversation. I'll tell them about my approach, my process, and I'll also tell them that I'm particularly good at coming up with uh, ebook topics and titles that work very well, and I have a process I can uh, that I can I have a brainstorming process I can do with them that'll help them develop the right topic and title. And uh, so I'll, I'll mention all that in the, this discovery meeting, but I, I won't, won't let that transition into a, a full project meeting if I don't have the job, right? Yeah. And then at the end of the 15 or 20 minute meeting, I'll say, well, you know, we're, we're, where do we stand? You know, does it look like we can work together? And do you want to move forward on this? And then if it becomes a project meeting, we may have it right away. But usually I like to... Uh, uh, schedule as a separate meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Once I got the, once I got it. So. So how do you put the quote together in terms of um, yeah the numbers on this is how now we know how long it's going to be. When do you find that out? When do you give them a this is going to ha- this is how much it's going to cost. 
Yeah, and I usually give them uh, uh, three options, <laughs> really. Um, I'll give them an option to to write a uh, the basic ebook, and I'll and I'll quote a, a page range, and uh, I'm very specific about what the deliverable is going to be. Uh, like I tell them, for example, that you know design is not included, although I'm happy mm -hmm. to talk with their designer about the ebook, um, things of that nature. So I'm very specific. And I'll give them a, a basic option. Then I'll give them a second option that usually involves some other uh, parts of the project. I'll say, hey, listen, if you're going to use this for lead generation on your website or with ads or emails, you're going to need a, a follow-up series of, of emails. And so some of these other, other projects I'll, I'll throw into option two. And then option three, I'll, it's, it's even bigger. I'll throw in even more stuff. <laughs> and, uh, nice. and I'll let them pick. Um, and almost always they'll pick option two or three. Yes, which is the beauty of psychology of pricing and how you present your offer. Um, but what about, I mean, with an ebook, would you go, oh, well, an ebook with one to five pages will be roughly this much? five to ten pages would be roughly this much is that the kind of information you give them as well you no know, I, I I don't like to suggest um, I, I don't want the client to choose the number of pages we have oh, that initial cool. discovery call and usually I'd say 99% of the time <clears throat> once I have a general idea of the topic and I know something a little, a little bit more about their business I can pretty much judge whether the ebook needed is probably going to be eight nine ten pages right? Rather than 80 pages or something like that. Yeah. I can usually make a fairly good judgment call uh, from there. And then, and that, that's what I do. And I guess like a lot of copywriting projects, it's once you get started, if you realize you have been talking about different things or you realize that they need more than you've initially talked about, would you just go back to the client and say, okay, well, this is, this is what I'm thinking now. Cause I know with email sequences, sometimes when I do the, the mapping out, I'll offer them a range which fits the objective. But sometimes when I do the mapping out, I'm like, actually, do you know what? I think we can benefit from a few more emails in this sequence. Oh uh, yeah. And I, I do exactly the same thing. Uh, and I tell the client that in advance, I'll say, as I'm strategizing in writing, I'm, I, you know, I may find some opportunities to make this work better, to make this mm. generate more leads, to make this generate more uh, sales. In fact, that very thing happened last week, not for an ebook project, but it was for a sales page project uh, where uh, as I was writing it, I realized that that the uh, it was it was for a special program targeting professors, and it and it was the program was by a professor. So I said this really needs a talking head video just for one minute or so of this kind of professor speaking peer to peer with the target audience on the sales page. So I went back to the client and I suggested you know I, I could I could script it out for you. It's about a minute minute and a half. And, and, and it'll cost this much extra, but I think it's a good opportunity. It's going to make the sales page that much more effective. He said, sure. Yeah. Awesome. And I think like any copywriting project, when you keep the communication up and you let clients know when the scope might be changing and mm -hmm. explain to them, because I find with projects like this and email sequences as well, many clients don't really know. So they're relying on you to come up with a structure that you recommend. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely and, right. And, and the more you, uh, that the client trusts you, the more they, they trust your, your expertise and trust your advice and judgment, um, you know, the better you are, the, the easier the project is and, and the, the, it just, 
you know, the better your position with the client. Absolutely. So do you have any tips for copywriters who are interested in getting into this kind of work but haven't done it so far? Well, this is ebooks are an interesting project because uh, a lot of copywriting projects is a little like being a plumber. I mean, no one, you don't call a plumber until you have a leaky pipe, right? Uh, yeah. Or you're doing a renovation. Um, copywriting tends to be like that is that, you know, uh, you're kind of waiting for them to call you because they need their website redone or they have a campaign coming up or something like that. Ebooks, however, you can be proactive. You can approach companies with the idea of an ebook. You can, you can say, hey, I noticed that you have a newsletter uh, on your website to help generate leads for your forklift trucks, but did you know that you could probably double or even triple the amount of signups you get if you have a, a bait piece ebook to offer as a free offer? You know, you get more, more subscribers to your blog, more subscribers to your newsletter. You can use it in other ways. So, you, so an ebook is something you can actually actively pitch. <laughs> To, uh, to clients and even to new prospects. Mm. Yeah. But, and I guess, but I also suggest, you know, um, you know, put eBooks as a capability on your website. Make sure if you want to get more eBook projects you know, on your services page, or maybe even as a separate link, say uh, eBook copywriting and, uh, and, and pitch it on your website. Tell people that you offer it. Tell people that and you then- offer it. Yeah. And I, you know, I guess with something like this, if you targeted a couple of businesses, you could say, I'm doing an introductory offer, or you could, you know, create a, a little package out of it and basically get some experience by and offer them a reduced rate to get some testimonials and get some portfolio pieces. And then you've got your minimum viable service there. You launch it to the world. Yeah, that, that's an excellent strategy. I've seen a lot of copywriters uh, use that strategy very well. Uh, for ebooks, another strategy is to write your own ebook for your own business. You know, as copywriters, we are in a service business, right? Yes. And we need to generate leads and inquiries. So have an ebook that does that for your business. And then it serves two purposes uh, it, it, it helps you generate leads for your copywriting business, but also it acts as a de facto portfolio sample. So if a client says, Absolutely. you know, can I see a sample of your eBooks, ebook copywriting? You can say, yeah, here's the one I use for my business. Yes, sign up to my list. You will also see my amazing emails. Uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of copywriters miss that uh, that opportunity to uh, make their website and make their own marketing materials a showcase of their great copywriting. Yeah, it's something that we're always encouraging our community members to do is get their blog happening because mm-hmm. a lot of people think, oh, well, I've got nothing to say or I haven't got time. But if they're light on portfolio pieces, your blog and your website is your portfolio. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I wanted to loop back quickly before we wrap up. In terms of I- inclusions, like you said, your ebook service doesn't include working with designers is, um, and I think that's very common. What else does your ebook service include and exclude? Well, that's the only thing it excludes is uh, is getting it designed. I, I've thought of you know uh, getting in a partnership with a freelance designer and offering both, but I find most clients it's not a big value add to them. I much rather recommend a designer. So if they don't have mm-hmm. a designer themselves that they work with, I'll often say, hey, I'll I'll send you names of a couple of designers I've worked with. They have a lot of ebook experience. Uh, They're great at what they do, and you and and I collaborate with them seamlessly, Uh, and that that works out fine for me. 
Yeah, absolutely. So there was no, there's no other tricky blind spots in the in the service right. offering. And you know, if you want to, you want to offer the design part of it yourself, you can. Just keep in mind now you're not only are you a copywriter and a copywriting strategist, but you're also managing design. It's extra work for you. Be careful with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think anytime you're going to add um, offer these add-on services, they can be a great way to keep the client with you. But if it's not your specialty, it can become a really bad time suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd rather clients see me, think of me as Steve, the great writer. Steve, we love his writing. Uh, I'd rather them think of me that way than think of me as Steve, he can manage design. And, you know, uh, that's just not me. Yeah, absolutely. And what I what I do know, you know, is that when the design falls down for whatever reason, if it's not that great because you did it or the designer just wasn't up to speed on it, it can drag down the whole project. The words can be brilliant, but if the design isn't great, it can drag the copy down. Well, sure. And what, what if the designer backs out of the project on you? Or what if they're late and you have to go to your client and say, sorry, the designer I hired is late. And so you're dealing with all these management issues when you probably just rather be writing. So, uh, Absolutely. It's often a more profitable use of our time. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much, Steve. They are all the questions I had and I th- I really um, appreciate your generosity. I think a lot of listeners are going to find this a really interesting idea for copywriting that they might not have considered before. Um, so what have you got coming up and where can people find you? Well, they can find me at uh, my website, steveslamwhite.com. If, also, if you can't spell that, copywritingcoach.com will get you there. <laughs> Um, But also in the fall, actually a couple months from now, September, I'm putting together a new course on a opportunity for copywriters to write uh, uh, sales email templates for professional salespeople. It's a kind of an Mm -hmm. unknown, untapped niche market that's that is uh, it's been growing surprisingly for me. Uh, So I'm going to be putting together a course to share that opportunity with with other writers. So just, you know, awesome. if you visit my website and sometime in September, you'll find out more about that. Excellent. Well, we'll have a link to your website and all your socials and everything like that in the show notes for the episode. Thank you. Thank you once again, Steve. This has been really good. Well, thank you for inviting me uh, It's uh, on this podcast. Thank you very much. It's been a long time coming. Absolutely. Um, so regular listeners know that this is when we read out a review of the show. So, Steve, stick with us through this. It's a, a nice little way we end the show. This one is from Urban Wanderer from the USA. And Urban Wanderer says, I've given near a dozen copywriting-related podcasts to test drive, and this is far and away my favourite. It's educational, funny, and well worth any copywriter's time. Hosts, that's Kate and me, do a wonderful job of staying on topic and making each episode enjoyable. From one copywriter to another, this is the podcast you should be listening to. And so thank you for listening to today's chat. If you like the show, don't forget to leave us a rating or review. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and your review helps other copywriters find us. And of course, just like Urban Wanderer, we'll give you a shout out on the show. If you have any thoughts on writing ebooks, you can head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog. But you know, we're always on Facebook and Twitter too. So thank you once again, Steve. This was really cool. Thank you, Belinda. Until next time, everyone, happy writing. Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. 
I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's always good when people have proper microphones. (laughs) 